The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. On a Sabbath, Jesus went to dine at the home of one of the leading Pharisees, and the people there were observing him carefully. He told a parable to those who had been invited, noticing how they were choosing the places of honor at the table. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not recline at table in the place of honor. A more distinguished guest than you may have been invited by him. And the host who invited both of you may approach you and say, Give your place to this man, and then you would proceed with embarrassment to take the lowest place. Rather, when you are invited, go and take the lowest place, so that when the host comes to you, he may say, My friend, move up to a higher position. Then you will enjoy the esteem of your companions at the table. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Then he said to the host who invited him, When you hold a lunch or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your wealthy neighbors in case they may invite you back and you have repayment. Rather, When you hold the banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Blessed indeed will you be because of their inability to repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning, everybody. Uh, Praise God. Hope everybody had a lovely week. I think it's safe to say that the vast majority of us grew up Catholic. The vast majority of us were probably raised in the faith by our our family. And I got to thank God for that. My parents, of course, as you know, I grew up in Elk Grove and and we grew up to Mass, going to Mass every single Sunday. And I have to thank my parents for relentlessly, as we say, making us go to church. Right? I want to thank them for that. Because you think about it, especially when you're young, you don't quite understand why you have to get up in the morning when the vast majority of your friends are still in bed. Why, do you have, why are you, especially when we're young, why are you forcing us to go to church for? I don't want to go. I want to stay home, watch cartoons, relax in my pajamas. And then, of course, you, they force you to go. They threaten us, right? <laughs> and so we go, and you, quite, you don't quite penetrate it, the mysteries. If you think about it, your average kid goes to public school. 
they hear no mention of God there. In fact, especially nowadays, it's more secular than, than, many, than when many of you went to school. Even bringing up God is, is taboo, made fun of. And so as they're going through their normal courses of study, where do you think they even hear about it? And as loving, as hardworking as our teachers were growing up, they weren't allowed to talk about that third rail of faith. It's not their job. So now then, taking that, that, that average kid goes to six hours of school a day, goes home, goes on, the, goes on media. The average kid spends hours and hours every single day on media. What do you think the content of that media is? Hardly anything about God. So imagine that. In, in average kid's day, six hours in school, hear nothing of God, and then another three to four hours on entertainment, movies, games, or just your average stuff that we do online. Hardly anything about God. Now all of a sudden, especially as a kid when I was growing up, then I, when I was forced to go to Mass on Sunday, all of a sudden it was as if there's a, a ray of light now that penetrates a young kid's mind. Because what do we hear here? We hear that you and I are created in God's image and likeness. What? You mean I'm not just a monkey with less hair and an iPhone? Wait, I'm creating God's image and likeness. What do you mean? Ah, you are more. And not only that, I might have inherent value because I'm now I'm created as one of God's son and daughters. But now all of a sudden, I'm created to worship this transcendent, omnipotent, all-powerful, all-knowing God? You mean my life is more than the accumulation of money and things and bodily pleasure? You mean there's more to me than just getting a job and getting more stuff? You mean there's more to life than that? You see, all of a sudden, as a, especially as a little kid, you don't, you don't quite penetrate the mysteries. But everything here that was proclaimed from this pulpit, ah, oh, the proclamation of our divine heavenly home, And then for your average kid, imagine that. One hour in a week that this ray of sunlight penetrate a young kid's mind versus how many hours during that regular week. Ah, something happens. We are made for heaven. You and I. We are made for heaven. Oh, that is what we hear at this Mass. You want to know what is the purpose and meaning of life? There it is. You will not hear that in public school. You will not hear that in social media. You will not hear that going about your day. We are made for heaven. Oh, that radiating light pierces a young kid's mind. But now here comes the big question. How do we get there? <laughs> oh, how do we get to heaven? Ah, uh, how do we get home, essentially? 
The readings today speak to this directly. From the book of Sirach, which you heard, the first reading today, my child, conduct your affairs with humility, and you will be loved more than the giver of gifts. Humble yourself the more, the greater you are. Hmm. First clue. The key virtue here to get to heaven is humility, humilitas. As a kid who goes to public school, what is the message to, to, to achieve? Is it humility? No. It's ego. Conflate it, feed it, puff it up. You want to be amazing, you want to achieve? Elevate yourself. And then all of a sudden, the priest at Sunday Mass says, humble yourself. Do you see now the contrary messages a little kid in public school would have? Ah, the mystery deepens. Our Lord today, beautifully in this parable, is now in a banquet, and he's seeing this dynamic happening before him. So imagine Jesus. Jesus is at dinner, and all of a sudden he notices. Conflation of the ego, people go and move into high places. Again, what is this? It's, a, it's the same tendency we all have today. Everybody, look at me. You walk through the door, all eyes on me. If your eyes aren't on me, I'll, I'll try to grab your attention. And Jesus sees this tendency in us. And then he gives him the parable. He says, if you want to be great, you've got to humble yourself. If you're invited to a dinner, take the lowest place. For I tell you, and our Lord here himself will say, everyone who, humble, who, who exalts himself will be humbled. And the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Without humility, we will not grow in the spiritual life. If you're a follower of news, there's this past weekend, especially even in the secular news and even in Catholic news. I don't know if you know, if you saw this, but one of Hollywood's biggest stars, you see this, is converting to Catholicism. He's joining our family. Shia LaBeouf, his famous movies, I'm, a, I'm not a big movie guy, but older movies I remember as a kid growing up, Transformers, <laughs> Fury, uh, I don't know what his latest movies are, but he's one of Hollywood's biggest stars. And in, in a powerful, powerful interview, I, I recommend this, look up his name, Shia LaBeouf, he was being interviewed by Bishop Robert Barron, and he delves deeply for an hour and a half interview about his spiritual journey. And you see this beautiful dynamic of humility at full display. He says this. This is, I'm quoting now. Again, here's one of Hollywood's biggest stars. Millions and millions of dollars. He fell into the trap of the world. The Hollywood world, which says, again, you are, you are what, how you look like, your, your beauty, your power, your prestige. He lived that life for decades, and here's what he says. I'm not in a position to tell anyone how my behavior made them feel. I have no excuses for my alcoholism or aggression, only rationalizations. I've been abusive to myself and everyone around me for years. I have a history of hurting the people closest to me. I am ashamed of that history and I am sorry to those I hurt. 
there was nothing else I can really say. You see, what he's speaking about here is that for decades he lived a life solely for, for himself. Get more stuff, more power, more pleasure. The stuff that we hear as a kid that we need. And he continues, when you live like that, you hurt everybody around you and you hurt yourself. And then at a point of hitting almost rock bottom, he says this, I didn't want to live anymore. Shame like I had never experienced before. The kind of shame that you forget how to breathe and you don't know where to go. You see what happened, even though on the outside he had looked amazing, handsome, rich, powerful, but on the inside he said he was dying. He didn't grow up with any faith. He wasn't rooted in any tradition. And then, like a ray of sunlight, something happened. He was offered a role to play in a new movie called Padre Pio. Do you know who Padre Pio is? Oh, if you're Italian, you know Padre Pio. If you've ever been to Italy, Padre Pio is the fourth person of the Holy Trinity, right? <laughs> you walk into their cafes and their restaurants, behind the cash register, you always see a holy card of Padre Pio. Padre Pio died, gosh, maybe in the 70s, right? I forget where he exactly died, but he's one of the most well-known saints. Powerful, powerful man. His holiness renowned worldwide. And he was tasked to play a role of Padre Pio. So imagine this. Here he is in his rock-bottom darkness. He's been humbled by his life of depravity. And then someone invites him. I want you to play this Catholic saint. And so like an actor, like a good actor, he has to study the role. And at this time, he was living in Santa, uh, Santa Inez in Southern California. And he puts on his phone, where, where, where is the nearest seminary? I need to go study how to, I need to study these weird Catholics. And he'd penetrate their world. And he goes to San Inez to a place called uh, San Lorenzo. And there he begins to live as an actor, studying the Catholic life. He lives in the parking lot of that church, he says. And then he encounters Brother Jude. Brother Jude said, if you're going to play Padre Pio, one of our most beloved saints, you need to read the Gospels. He's never read the Bible. But he says, okay, fine. I've got to study how to be a Padre Pio, so let me read the Gospel. And this is what he says, and I quote again. I have never read the Gospel, nothing. I've read all of Sam Harris. I've watched all the TED Talks. Sam Harris is one of the prominent atheists in this day. If you're on social media, he's a prominent one. Millions and millions of followers. He hates religion, especially Catholicism. He hates us. And so this actor says, I've read all of Sam Harris's books. I've watched all the TED Talks. And I was really good at attacking Catholicism because it made me feel superior. I love to argue because it made me feel like I was in power. I would love... I would love to sit down with the bishop and put you on your heels. It would make me feel powerful. Most secular people enjoy the control of it because so much of life is uncontrollable. To feel in control feels good. So I was that guy. 
So there he is. Now he has the Bible in front of him. He's reading the, the book of the Gospels, especially Matthew. And something amazing happened. Jesus started to come alive. He's never known him. Again, he wasn't raised in the faith. He had nothing. And for the first time in his life, he reads the Gospels, not out of love, but out as, as a research project. And as he begins to penetrate the mysteries of our faith, he noticed the darkness inside him start to go away. And then all of a sudden, as he continues to read, two words came to him. Let go. Let go. And he knew what that meant because his whole life he was trying to be in control. It's my life. I got to do what I got to do. It's all about me. Control, control, control. Hold on to it. And all of a sudden, when this Jesus came alive through the Gospels, he said to him, Shia, let go. Let go. Be humble. And he said when he finally let go, oh, my brothers and sisters, he says that he finally began to feel alive. And he started to go to Mass every day. Not just on Sundays, every day. He says he found the beauty, especially of a reverent Mass. He said that in Mass, he says he loves it because he says at Mass, when it's done reverently, he says the Mass isn't trying to sell me Catholicism. Rather, it is a privilege for me to stand before the living God and to worship him. So he started to penetrate the mysteries of what happens here at this altar. With fresh eyes, he says, ah, you mean I'm part of something bigger than myself? Absolutely. And oh, you should watch that video. You could almost see him being transformed like a little child. He realized that life is bigger than his ego. The beauty of our Catholic faith is that we are part of a church that is 2,000 years old in the company of saints and angels, which spans cultures, empires, and countries. We are part of a wide family rooted deeply. Oh, it gives us a sense of being. You see what this actor is discovering and what all of us are a part of, is that we are part of God's family destined for heaven. Harvard did a study recently, and I'm coming to the end, I promise. I love talking to you, I don't see you in a week. It said that 65% of young people feel, and I quote, utterly lonely. The last couple of years, especially with COVID and the social unrest, it broke a lot of us. And it said the rates of loneliness in all of the studies, not only in Harvard, have, are showing that young people, young adults, all of us, we are our loneliest we have ever been in our nation's history. And to that, why when we got here on October 1st and when you grab a bulletin, 
we're going to do what we haven't done in a couple years. It's our parish family picnic. <laughs> when we got, when, we were, when I first got, I just arrived here, but I said, I want to get together as a family. We need one another. I want to get to know you. And I want to bring the family together. Because what is the heart of a father? You call me father for a reason. I am called to be your spiritual father. And what does a father of any home want, any parent want? They want to bring the family together, to strengthen the family, to grow in love. And in the midst of this confusion, cacophony of noise, of loneliness and brokenness, I want our family to get together and to celebrate this beauty of our Catholic faith. And so on October 1st, I want to invite every single one of you, Andrew's Park, down the road. We're going to invade that park. And I want to, so grab a bullet and all the details there, we're going to lead up to it. And I want to come and celebrate as a parish family. So put that on your calendar. We're going to celebrate this beauty of our Catholic faith, which this actor is discovering, which our parents gave us. Because, and I'll end here on this final note from the second reading. Did you hear? It was so beautiful. Listen now. You have approached Mount Zion in the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, the countless angels in festal gathering, the assembly of the firstborn enrolled in heaven, and God, the judge of all, and the spirits of the just made perfect, and Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and the sprinkled blood that speaks more eloquently than that of Abel. Ah, the beauty of our faith. Where else will you hear a message like this than here in the Holy Catholic Church?